We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is True Faith Weekly Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst, joined by Simon Campbell. Today, we're going to be joined by Andrew Bolland on the phone, and we're talking to you uh, another another clean sheet for Newcastle sign. Racking up the defensive performances. I know, yeah. Um, what's that? Um, five <laughs> games unbeaten. Five. Everything. Everything's going well. Great, great form. Um, we were there at the weekend. Not not the best away trip ever. There's probably a couple that were better than Villa away this weekend. Me, you, well, all basically all of us. Ben, all apart from Ben, went down to Villa on the day. Worst place in the world. Comfortably the worst place in the world. We're not just, it's, it's such a horrific place. We're not just saying it. Anyone who's been to that part of Birmingham, I mean, what was there? There's like near the near the ground. There's just loads of crates, metal, like cages. <laughs> stock. It's just it's it's something. It's like something from The Walking Dead. Not that I've seen it. Um, but yeah, obviously, me and Si are going to talk to you about Newcastle. Uh, probably, well, we are. Going to be playing second tier football next season. Um, it is a disaster. Um, we'll have a little, you know have a bit of chat about the game itself because that's what we do. We talk about football. Um, we might save any major analysis on the reasons why this has happened, what happens next, until it's confirmed on Wednesday, most likely. Um, but right now we're going to get Andrew Bolland on the phone, uh, who <laughs> has it, an alternate view. Has an alternate view to us. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> What he's been taking, particularly since uh, he he walked back to the car after the Villa game and just went, "I'm cancelling my season ticket. I'm not going back." But he said, "He said I've already cancelled it." Which that is was impossible. <laughs> embarrassing. He's embarrassed himself, and he's going to embarrass himself some more now. He picks the phone up. We, we did arrange a five past seven call. Hello. Hiya, Bolland. You alright? Yeah, I'm glad. How are you? Uh, we are good. You're live on True Faith Weekly Podcast, just like you always wanted. And half done recently. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're just telling the listeners there how you arrived back at the car about half past five on um, Saturday. We're already one man down <laughs> who who didn't actually end up coming back with us. He's, he's safe though. Not the first time I've left Believer uh, Birmingham man down as well. Something about the place. Um, and you were saying you'd cancelled your season ticket, which me and Sire just saying would doubt highly because it's very hard to do that. <laughs> think that might have been a lie. <laughs> um, I think it might have been. And you basically you weren't you weren't gone back. But can you tell us what Monday's Andy Bolland now thinks? Uh, we're staying up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got to be careful here, 
lads because I'm standing behind Henry Lang. Oh, you're in, you're in Sunderland, are you? Oh yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll be laughing at you just as much as we are, mate. You're yeah. alright. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> look, 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 loads of reasons, but I'll let you keep going. <laughs> I don't know what, I didn't hear what you just said, I was trying to keep myself away from some lads wearing some little shit. Um, <laughs> hello lads, I'm just on the phone going to Castle Podcast. How are you doing? It's alright mate, they all, they all listen to it anyway. <laughs> True faith. They probably, they probably recognise your voice. True faith, massive insult and always have been, always will be. Um, but I think everyone can, alright, it looks unlikely that we're going to stay up. Unlikely. Well, we're, 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 we're one not, to twenty to be relegated. So what? It's not beyond the realm of the possibility that someone get beat by Everton and draw off at Weebe Spurs, and then then we're up. So yeah, that 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 could happen. Most people think it won't. Do you want to tell us why you think it will? Well, Sunderland have not really won many games this season. Don't know why all of a sudden because they've won one game against a poor Chelsea side. People think they're just going to go off and beat Everton. Yes. Why, why, why now are they just going to go on a three-game winning streak? Or, you know, don't, they don't need that. <laughs> um, they probably two, just two, need... Two-game two, two winning streak when was the last time they got back, back wins? I don't know. Um, I haven't researched that one. Uh, but I'll just, just say to you, I don't know whether Sari agrees, it's not Sunderland that I'm backing. I completely have absolute faith in Everton to lose this game. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, they start every game they play 2-0 down because they just can't... The only team, guess who the only team not to score against fucking Everton is this season? Well, us. Us, yes. <laughs> Obviously, Steve McLaren's Newcastle is the only side. All right. With all two right. games. Is Sunderland actually better than us? Well, no, well, I don't. I mean. Well, they're not going to score against Everton either, are they? Bolland, Bolland, I've got an even more alternative view. I don't think Sunderland need to get two points to stay up. Well, really? Yeah, I think we'll beat our home form's excellent. Oh, excellent. Spurs, 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 but they won't. <laughs> they won't. There's a small why chance they'll draw. Think about it, like, why is it not, like why? Why wouldn't it happen? Like Sunderland are awful. Everton have got the cockers. It only takes one goal. <laughs> yes, yes, it does only take one goal. But Everton, are, are, like all of Everton fans, want the manager sacked in a normal season where Steve McLaren isn't involved and Dick Alvacat <laughs> and, and and people like that. Everton, this Everton team, under this manager, get relegated. That's how bad they are. They should be going down. They're so bad. Hence, the fans will all want them out. I just all Sunderland. Normal season, it wasn't Steve McLaren. Sunderland going down. Yes, the words. Well done, Steve and Lee. Exactly. So why not? Everton can beat Everton. Can beat them. I've got complete faith in Martinez and the boys. <laughs> we well, have a lot Ross more faith Barney, in Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley pushing for an England place. Right. I'll 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 see you, Ross Barkley, <laughs> and, and, and raise you. Uh, Shite Everton centre back whose name I can't even remember who who keeps conceding goals. Um, the goalkeeper's a joke. The, the Tom Cleverley, Gareth Parry. Um, listen, Bolland. Obviously, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And there's no point in us sitting here saying, "Oh, well, we're, you know, we're down," or we don't know what the future holds. But 
me analysing it, and there's no one thinks less of Sunderland as a city, as a club, than me, but that all they have to do is be semi-professional, they don't even have to play well against Everton, turn up, defend your set pieces, play deep to not allow anyone any space, and they will win that game. I mean, I'd love it. Listen, even if we do get relegated, it would be nice to take it to the final get final day because you know what? Be Sunday, chance to you know serenade Rafa or whatever happens, show some defiance, get a good atmosphere going. It'd be great if we could take it to the last day. But Sunday will be Everton. I just you know I would. I haven't looked well, at what odds Sunday are, but I'd imagine they're pretty short. It doesn't have to work out that way. Oh, listen, even if Sunday lose. Norwich have still got Watford and Everton as well. Are you backing Everton to win two games? <laughs> Everton won't win two games. Out of two, no chance. Okay, but they don't need to win two games. No, but, they can draw against Norwich. But then we've still got to beat Spurs, who now have to win their last game to finish above Arsenal. Because they've got Villa, haven't they, Arsenal? Yeah. So it's, the, the Spurs literally will have to win. Uh, to... I, don't know, I think Spurs are rubbish. Like I know this sounds odd because they're second, <laughs> but they're, they're the last, the last, the last few games that have been defensively like Southampton could have had five or six on on Saturday. They've got Spurs have gone. They put so much into winning the league that they've gone. Um, I think Arsenal will finish above them. I think we'll beat them whatever because we've been superb at home under Rafa. Even under McLaren, we weren't that bad at home, bar maybe Bournemouth. And Watford, the rest of the performances and all the games in the McLaren were, all, were pretty good. So our home home form was very good. I just wish we could have given ourselves a chance. But uh, Bolland, what you know? Tell tell us tell us what you think will happen. Will Norwich beat Watford at home in a must-win game on Wednesday? Because I'm saying Norwich will win that as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll be bottom. Yeah, Norwich, Norwich, are down. Norwich are not doing any more games. You don't think they'll beat Watford? A deep. What? Norwich aren't going to beat Watford. They're rubbish. And like, yeah, so, a decent side. So Watford aren't a decent side, mate. They they also should probably have been relegated this season. But they're not. They're not getting relegated this season. Yeah, because of Stephen Curran and Dick Africa. Well, Norwich have got nothing. They're still bringing on Cameron Jerome. <laughs> Starting him actually, but yeah, take your point. <laughs> To the to the untrained ear, this may uh, sound like uh, you, Bollins, just being a bit silly and pretending everything's going to be okay. Do you actually believe this stuff you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, like the stuff about Sunderland. Why not? Like I don't understand why people are so down about it now. Sunderland have been terrible all season. Because they just beat Chelsea. So. I mean, they're rubbish. Don't get us wrong. They're just a bit less rubbish than us. Um, where Watford, forty-four points. Watford Everton, the the fight for the fight for twelfth is on. But you, you know if you know someone were playing Palace or someone were playing West Brom on Wednesday, I would I would think there's a chance. I would think you yeah. know what those teams are capable of turning up and getting a point. Everton, for fuck's sake, <laughs> like Everton just can't it. Just can't. Yeah, you can't say just because we beat Chelsea. I'm pretty, didn't Villa beat Chelsea earlier in the season? No, like, they did not. That, you're just making stuff <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough I'll give you it that it's not outside the realms of probability that, that Everton get a result but we're sat here Monday quarter past seven um, are you going to watch it Bolland? Uh, I'm not going to watch it 
I'm lost. I'm going to try and I'm going to do anything but absolutely avoid it. Does it does it matter that it's Sunderland? Keep, you know that Sunderland might stay up ahead of her to you, lads. Sorry. You mean does it hurt more that the Mountains yeah. get to stay up? Not really. Nah, no, me say, me, I'm the same. Relegation is relegation. I don't. I don't really care if the Macams. I mean, it'll be the Macams and Borough in the in the Premier League, and it's not. It's, what, you know what? What a disaster for the northeast tourist industry if people travel into this region. It's, it's, take, it's a, it's a take Sunderland and Middlesbrough. It's like representatives of the northeast. Yeah, the impact this will have on the on the city of Newcastle is is massive. But um, let's not get into economics. Uh, I, I I'm less gutted about this relegation than the last one. I mean, we don't need to talk about the way I behaved the last time I was down, but. Uh, I mean, if before Rafa came along, this relegation would have been meaningless. I mean, before Rafa came along, we're all saying we're going down. We deserve to go down, and we'd kind of accepted it at the time. This this short like kind of wave we've been riding on with Rafa has been so good. Football's been so much fun for like the last two months that that's that's what I'm gutted about losing. I'm gutted about. There's no way Rafa stays. It's just it's so inconceivable. That there's any reason why he put himself through a, a year in the championship with this team, um, he can do whatever he wants. He's, he's he's a footballing god, and that's that's what's more gutting. It's it's the what could have been. It's it's almost like it's just kick a while we're down here. Have set, here have ten games of Rafa and have it taken away from you. That's what's gutting. Right. I'm, I'm, from, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna disagree. I don't think I don't think it's a certainty that Rafa will leave. I, I, I agree with Bond. Really? I, yeah. But I think I think that's a conversation for another day. I think we need to get Wednesday out of the way and then do all the retrospective analysis and then talk about the future. Um, yeah. it, it's Wednesday okay. first and first and foremost. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to point out I'm actually having dinner with my boss in a minute so I'm going to have, I'm going to, have to go to stage. Right, okay. Tell, t- you can tell him about how Everton are going to beat Sunderland instead and see what he thinks. <laughs> uh, well, they're all, I can tell you now they're all really like ridiculously arrogant. If their players are anywhere near as arrogant, then they'll definitely get beat. Oh, they're Magnums, are they? All of them. All of them. Well, maybe it would be nice if they all got themselves to the stadium light on Wednesday because you know, it would be, be nice them to sell out against a team other than Newcastle United for the first time in about seven years. But I'll point that out, I'll point that out to them. Maybe, maybe, Bro- maybe Borough, they'll get like 43,000 or something next yeah. season, I don't know. Right, Bolland, thanks for your time, you mentalist. <laughs> no worries. Catch you later. Bye. See you, Bye. Bye. That was Andrew Bolland live from St George's and Morpeth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, let's talk about the game. Uh, what, what are your What are your thoughts initially on on people suggesting that Rafa got it wrong? Hmm. Um, you know what? Actually, after I, I mean, I've, I've actually for some reason watched the highlights today. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, obviously, avoided match of the day. Thought about no kind of football on Sunday. Went nowhere near footy on Sunday. But today, I just thought, you know what? I just want to look back at those chances. The Mitrovic one is huge. The callback one is also huge. That's two perfectly. You said it's so hard, hasn't he? Yeah, it's Why two, hit it so yeah, hard? Two really good chances to win that, the game. The header as well. The Mitrovic header. Yeah, three, three header. Three, just three, just yeah. get on target. Just put it on fucking target. But at least two of them are, are really good chances. And yeah, we didn't play great, but you know they didn't have any chances, and they were always gonna. They're playing five three two. That's three centre halves, and in two full backs, five defenders, and no real attacking players on the pitch. They were just like. They were they were there to frustrate. I think they just didn't want to get embarrassed because it was the day when they were meant to be doing all these protests and things, and they just did what any crap team does at home to a superior opposition, which is frustrate. I, and we just I, didn't I, do enough on the day. I don't even think they did that. 
uh, it was the weirdest football match I've yeah. ever seen. Like they didn't. It's it wasn't like they sat really deep. It wasn't really like they got everyone behind the ball. They just arsed about, not really doing anything, not really attacking, not really like no balls in behind. They kept the ball a lot though. They were just passing it back and forth. Yeah, passing yeah, it, that's what I mean. They weren't trying to get forward. They're just sort of. Literally playing keep ball as if to it, like was, it was such a weird day. All the part. I mean, let's go back. So we're getting ahead of ourselves now. Do you think Rafa got it wrong in anything he did, team selection wise, or the, the tactical setup? If and that was going to be next, my next question after that would be how much do you attribute the performance to him? No, I mean the players. In, in hindsight, um, which is obviously a, a, a glorious thing. Hindsight, uh, we we were saying on Friday the only changes you might make are Mitrovic and Yanmat. But then we came to the conclusion, uh, thanks to a tweet from someone, I can't remember his name, that the pair of them would have been better coming off the bench, because they always are. Um, Anita definitely didn't deserve to be dropped on his last three performances, but in hindsight, he was crap. He offered nothing. And in fact, I think we, we were both confident as the game went on that every time the ball went to our fullbacks, we just lost any attack and impetus. And that was the one game where we just didn't need that happening. We needed everyone just gunning forward and getting the ball forward quickly, which obviously Jan Matt offers you. Um, I don't think the CSA was a bad decision, and I don't think Mitrovic, you know, proved as any proved that Rafa should have started him from his from his cameo. Um, I don't think he played badly either. I wouldn't have. I don't think replacing CSA was the best move. Um, I thought De Jong came into the game too late when he should have been putting attacking players on a lot earlier than that. It seems like he was also reacting to the Sunderland result. Because, you know, halfway through the game, even the 60th minute, when Sunderland were losing 2-1, Rafa would have been well aware of that. And he didn't really seem to want to change I don't it. Know, I'm not sure about that, you know, because there's um, people, you know, kind of <clears throat> a lot of stuff in the media today about Lascelles, how he walked over. I mean, we were we were darting for the exit, so angry. But um, Lascelles was walking over to the away end, clapping. And then the Sunderland result flashed up on the screen and he claps to his knees so he obviously didn't know oh, I don't think I don't think the players and I don't think Benitez managers like that I think he was either just being like we'll manage ourselves I agree with you to an extent I don't know come on he, he, he'll say that and he'll always come across like yeah our own performance is more important than nothing else Listen, going on but when if he we're still that on Sunday I'm sure he'll be wired up I just don't think he I think either I think Sunderland's been losing that game I think his tactical substitutions and his approach to the second half would have been exactly the same mm. But I, I agree with you to an extent. I disagree somewhat. I agree with you. Yeah, match should have started. Yeah, I wasn't there on Friday, but I was. I can see why he did it, and a lot of people would have been kicking off if it had been dropped. Yeah, match should have started. Like you say, Aston Villa, like most teams would play, had a clear tactical plan: stand off our fullbacks, get your your winger and your fullback for Aston Villa to stand on the wingers, so that Townsend and Wijnaldum totally marked out the game, yeah. leaves you a lot of space. <clears throat> And give the ball to Castle fullbacks because the ball's going nowhere. That's fine because that in itself can be dealt with. What was the most frustrating thing is is that the other players, particularly Callback and Tiote, kept passing the fullbacks the ball. It's like lads, we're fucking stood up here. We can see what Villa's game plan is. Stop, stop, just walking into it. To run at them, take the ball through the middle, play a long ball. Don't pass the ball to fucking Paul Dummett. Me and you were saying to each other during the game like whenever they were passing the Dummett, it was. Within 10 seconds, centre-half. regardless of how far advanced he was on the left, the ball will be back with one of our centre-halves because it's, it, seemed, it's, it, it is a massive confidence thing, but you, you can't stay in the Premier League 
playing Dummett and Anita at fullback. They're but not fullbacks. They're the, shit. The, the worst thing about Paul Dummett and the reason he, he's not really a promotion footballer is because when he yeah he, he'll, he'll jog forward five yards of the ball and if he gets met by the winger or whoever it is and he has to turn around he can't then use his right foot to pass yeah. it across the pitch. He has to use his left foot, always his left foot, to pass it to the centre half. Is he, at no point will he just all oh, right, okay, callbacks twenty yards to my into the centre. I'll just hit him a right footed pass. He doesn't back himself to do it. He doesn't try to do it. So I presume he can't do it, which is an absolute joke for a fullback. So we've played this whole season, and Saturday is a perfect example of a left side of Perez Dummett and Dummett when you had a relegation. That's not even a fucking championship left side. Yeah. What was the mo- even more because we know what Dummett is. He's a very limited footballer. He might be a good centre-back. I don't, we don't know. We don't see him play centre-back anymore. But he, he gets a lot of praise. He tries hard. He tries his best, I've no doubt. But he is not good enough to play left-back, probably in the championship. He could probably play left-sided centre-back in a back three, or just, just centre-back. But more frustrating than that was Anita, who had so much success going forwards. Even in the fucking 90th minute, he was still standing five, ten yards back yeah. from Townsend, passing him the ball and standing still. It's like... Take a man away from him. Townsend can't beat two, three players. You had a situation, and I pointed this out, I don't remember, during the game. You had situations where Villa were more than happy to let us put the ball wide. Get, get Lenny Castle, full-backs and wingers. We'll, we'll crowd them out. Sissoko was basically playing a support role for either wing. Like, you know, people are going to say what you want about Sissoko when he, he's, you know, he probably leave Newcastle this summer and his um, legacy will be very, very poor. He's not achieved anything at this club. But fucking hell... He, you know, he 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 was one of our best players. The only player who kind of came up with any credit from from Saturday, he was having this like the basically Anita Townsend um, and the centre back would have the ball and it would take Sogo to come over and be like, right lads, pass to me. You would then point to the fullback. You run there. I'll pass it back to you. Then you play it down the line. That he was having to do that constantly. It's the same with it's the same with Benitez. Benitez has got to fucking stand on the side of the pitch, telling the players like almost. Managing through the game, yeah. like going right, Jamal. You you take two steps forward. It's just that's that's how pathetic this this team are. Um, that it needs Benitez and then Sissoko as well, who everyone hates, to kind of like go to the players. Right, okay, Jack. Now you run over there, and it's just yeah. it's come to this. Um, I don't think Benitez got it wrong. He's picked up some flack today in the papers for the, the tactical plan, which we all said, and you said it on Friday as well on the radio show. Um, that would get on half time nil nil, which I was comfortable with because Villa was so shit. I was convinced would score. Realistically, the game plan. I know it didn't work and we didn't win the game. The game plan should have worked because those those chances that Mitrovic missed and callback are criminal at this level. You can't. If you can't want, if you want to stay in the Premier League, you can't yeah. miss chances like that. And yeah. That's. I mean, the away support was was rubbish. If, if Mitrovic had scored fifteen goals this season, you'd let him off those. But because he's done it he'd so scored, many times, if he scored fifteen goals, if he scored ten goals, side wouldn't be in the relegation zone. No. What's he got? Five, six. Yeah, but you, you could let him off if he'd, if he'd scored those chances in most other games, which, as you say, would would have us out of this problem. But that's what's happened in every game. Mitrovic has been given those two and three chances. Yes, it's a sign of a bad team to only have two and three chances a game. But most teams, like Sunderland, are going to get away with it because they do that. They give their striker a couple of chances a game in the score. Mitrovic manages to make good chances look like half chances yeah. and it's, it's almost like he's got he's got that much ability I'm thinking of his header on Saturday and his header against Everton at home at nils each now you go, there's six points there by the yeah. way there's fucking six points straight away um, he's almost got that much ability with, with his head he's trying to put the ball too far in the corner each time 
when in fact each time if it even just hit the middle of the goal of a target he would have scored he does what like really immature kids do at like, like five aside and he tries to smash it in the corner yeah. he, he can't just score a, like a, yeah. a simple a goal, goal that rolls yeah. into the net he has to blast it and it has to hit the back of the net so he can run off going mental yeah it's meant when that, when that happens it looks class you know the, the Mitrovic fan club is just I mean if Richie Smith is in this he's probably getting angrier and angrier right now thinking, <laughs> why aren't you talking about Cissé and like, obviously Cissé provided absolutely no attack and goal for it he was very poor the, the game plan Cissé and Mitrovic played different roles yeah. I'm sure if Cissé had played the whole game he would have had a chance himself doesn't mean to say listen Cissé and Mitrovic going to get relegated going to get you relegated um, he probably should have started both of them he probably should have kept Cissé on yeah. when Mitrovic came on or playing long balls at the room no one was gambling no one was running on at the end of the game Benitez was begging the players to get forward he was like he was good get forward what are you doing? Yeah. And, 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 and the likes of Chancellor Bemba who was a good player hope he stays he was taking five steps forward like as if that was what Benitez was saying these are players who who are so bereft of confidence or any kind of um, intelligence it's just no, no one we deserve to get relegated we're a terrible football team in this this team is, is made in Steve McLaren's image um, what do you think about John Joe Shelby sign? Couldn't get on the pitch. We're, we're desperate for a goal. Is this um, is this I, a sign that he's a he's a he's a bad lad, or is it just simply sees Benitez being Benitez and thinking right? I need tactical discipline. Don't care what stage of the game because De Jong got brought on yeah. and played centre midfield. Yeah. Um, no, they put they put Munyard in the centre mid, didn't they? And De Jong. Oh yeah, for callback. Um, I can understand why he's been playing Tierney. Tierney is an excellent player and does that role perfectly when managed properly and you know fit enough to play. And I can see once he's brought him back in, he's he's become the Tierney of old. I don't think he's set a foot wrong in the last four games. Yeah, absolutely understand why he would play. Possibly, over. yeah, possibly should have stayed on. But yeah, I don't understand why he would. And in fact, Tierney in the last three or four games has been the one moving the ball and and finding passes and looking for the wings, which. We, yeah. we we about ten weeks ago were saying he's not capable of doing, but under Benitez he's he's sort of rejuvenated and found some confidence. Callback as well just seems more likely to get you a goal, get you an assist, and I mean, it, which seems harsh on Shelby considering the start he had for us, but he hasn't done a lot for us in the in the games running up to when he was dropped. Yeah, and um, I don't know, something must have gone on behind the scenes for him to be that far away from the starting lineup, considering he's not a bad player, he's a good player, and. and He's got he's got shots in him. He's got through balls that can create chances. But I think I think yeah, as you say, it must be the discipline thing. It must be the he's he's set up the team very very rigidly, um, and everyone's kind of been given a, a specific role to do. And Shelby's maybe a luxury at that point because he's a bit of a free role. He'll float around the pitch and come and collect it. And what Shelby does frustratingly is come back and take the ball off the centre halves. And I think what Benitez is trying to tell him to do is actually no centre halves. You take the ball forward ten yards. And let's play in their half a bit more, which Shelby kind of robs you of. He tries to pick it up really deep and find the long ball, and that it just hasn't worked for us all season. So, for plenty of reasons. Well, yeah, I'd like to think, I'll be positive for a second. Um, and I like Callback, despite I thought he was poor on Saturday. He didn't take enough gambles, he didn't get forward enough. But yeah. I think Shelby's shown in three or four games more than Callback, Teote, or Anita have shown between them all season in an attacking sense. Um, and I really hope if we do go down. Which is obviously looking like I really hope we keep him. Um, we've won, Sai, seven of our last 47 games in the Premier League away from home, which is by any one standard. That would just get you relegated yeah, through, through the leagues if you did that. So 
it, it, my point is it's hard to know how much to blame Benitez because he's come in and he's massively turned around the defensive stability of the side or a side that defends well he's also our home form is excellent under him and it's been reasonable all season but you know for there to be this uh, much of a problem away from home amongst this squad and this group of players suggests it's going to take a long long time to fix and next season might not even be the time to do it I don't know um I mean, Norwich was a bit of a harsh result. Um, we've got a point at Liverpool, a point at Villa. I know what you're saying, but we lost like eight games in a row away from home before. Yeah, Bielders it's just came a general like, point about. I don't blame him for the team still being shit away from home. I think no, no, no. Far bigger problems than that. But um, take, take Benitez. Is, is it nine games he's had now? <coughs> yeah. In context, I think we've got something like twelve, thirteen points from them. I don't know if it's that many, but. Either way, it would be enough to stay last, up. For the you... last five games, it's nine points, but I don't think we've got much before that. Like Southampton, Norwich. But anyway, the yes, the last five games or so, it will be it will be good enough for like a top half finish easily. Do you have to go soon? Um, well, whatever. I've got five, minutes. five uh, t- minutes. Ten points. I've just worked now. Ten points. He's got that. Would be enough of a nine games. So you... Oh, across the season, keep up. Yeah, it's just. There's no doubt. I mean, it, it obscures the season and it obscures actually Newcastle United for the last three years, really. Which is, it's so strange because it, you know, this has been coming, it's been coming for three years. So no one can question that. But the Benitez thing obscures it so much. It's like, oh man, it's been coming, but it, it nearly didn't happen and wouldn't happen again if, yeah. if we just managed to get away with it one more time. That's what's so bizarre about this whole situation. Like, you really just wouldn't have given a shit if it wasn't for Benitez because it's just been so deserved and. The football's been so dire. It's like, what's the point of, of staying in the Premier League if we're going to be that bad? But the, the the turnaround over the last five games has just been... It's 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 so strange to watch that happen and then know what's coming on Wednesday, basically. It's such an imbalanced team. Like your left side is basically Domit, Wijnaldum and Perez. Wijnaldum and Perez are, are... Perez is young. He's still a bottler. Wijnaldum no such excuse I think I mean Wijnaldum has been a farce and he, I have no doubt that he's got a move lined up and he'll be straight out the door Perez is a funny one because he got a five year deal this, this season didn't he just after or just before the Everton game that we went to um, he'd signed a new contract he'd get in young lad he'd be buzzing about that and he's not put in one I don't think he's, he's managed the pressure of relegation, of his ah, relegation he's, I think so. it's just he's got the five year deal he's, just, he's, he's felt, fallen for the oldest trick in the book for these young players which is he's got his big contract he's got his big money and he's just pied it I think he's just pied it from there I think Perez Mitrovic Wijnaldum have all been what's the right word I can't think of the word but they've all been players who have got their own fan clubs who have been bad for the team overall. Like, I wish we didn't sign Mitrovic. Yeah. I wish we'd signed it like a proper centre forward who wasn't like twenty. I wish we hadn't signed Wijnaldum, even though his goals earlier the season were crucial. And I wish pa- Perez had, hadn't played a major part because his his output is so minimal. And it's not just the lack of goals and assists; it is it's his lack of contribution. I mean, fucking hell! That that performance at Liverpool away, Perez in the first half was it was almost like he shouldn't have been there. It yeah. was like a fucking charity like kid. Oh, adult Play, playing playing on a pitch with, with with a load of adults it's just an absolute disgrace how how poor he's been he's not the only one we can save it for the end of the season um, why don't you say we'll talk a little bit about Aston Villa and those people uh, listen I mean we, we we were kind of just laughing at the at the state of them I mean it was another the, the stadium was was as full as it's been all season really somehow for for the Newcastle game um, thirty three thousand there. Yeah, I think mean, that's 
been as above average or it's about average for their season this year, um, which you think would be ridiculous considering that they're, they're down, they've got nothing to play for, and all they want to do is turn up and go mental and throw beach balls around and revel in our plight. Um, it's just a really strange way to behave. I mean, me and um, Mickey were talking about after the game, just like we wouldn't do that to another club. If, if another club was coming to St James's Park in danger of relegation and we were the one that kind of almost sealed their fate by getting a nil-nil draw we'd be more furious at our own team for drawing nil-nil with a relegated team than we would be spending time griefing the away supporters it's a really strange way to behave they were ridiculous awful people like keeping the ball just there's so much put, ridiculous put behaviour at the end of the season that they've had after all that's gone on in the previous years there was a massive cheer at full time a cheer and I, I wrote, anyone who's listened to this podcast since when they start August 2014, seems like a lifetime ago. Anyone who's listened to me and Si and Mickey and the rest of the world knows that will basically hate us. I hate Villa. Yeah. The, the, my hatred for that football club and their fans is in a different league to that of Sunderland. It's a pure hatred. But I wrote in my match preview on True Faith that even those bastards didn't deserve what Randy Lerner had done to them and the way their football club would be bled out from the inside similar to an extent in Newcastle but on a much more severe scale and I think also I think what happened in Newcastle is the fans have stuck with the club and that's averted disaster for a long time whereas Villa fans as soon as it became a little bit shit disappeared in droves but Saturday was just proof you get what you deserve if you're going to go to a game that's supposed to be a protest against the owner and end up supporting your team in the quest to try and relegate a team that you have no beef with and that your fans make banners, you deserve what you get. And I'll be delighted when Aston Villa are relegated to League One next, next season because that's what's going to happen. Possibly League Two after that because they're they've such got a, nothing. They're, they've just got no nothing. fans that, yeah, no they're going to vanish without a choice. No good players, nothing redeemable at that club whatsoever um, and absolutely deserve everything that's coming to them. Um, we'll finish off, Sai. Just want to have a bit of a go at dickhead Newcastle fans who <laughs> like go, you know, head on to social media at every opportunity to criticise other Newcastle fans. Yeah, I've we, We've had a phrase for this for quite some time and it's called not going back because quite often, especially after a bad defeat or end of the season... You say that quite often. After every single Newcastle <laughs> defeat, there's a an outpour of, of I'm not going back um, monologues on all the social media. It's not just... It's basically like a girl like this, and if you if you're listening, at, we're at TF Weekly Pod. Please tweet them to us because we on our WhatsApp group send them to each other all the time. <laughs> it's like I was raised in the 30s by Huey Gallagher. He, he raised me himself. I've been going to Newcastle for a hundred years, home and away, never miss a game. Um, I, I've seen we get relegated 15 times, concede hundreds of goals. I've seen I've seen where you know the lowest of the low. But this defeat this weekend is the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm not going back. Season ticket in the bin. And I would urge all other Newcastle fans to do the same. Number one, why, if you're not going back to the match, why is the first thing you're doing is rushing, rushing to social media? Number two, why does it matter what other fans do? And you, you get a lot of the people who, who like go to social media and do this, then continually go back to do it. I mean, there was a lot on Facebook after the game, which Mickey or Bond found in Australia going, right... I know I live in Australia, so I can't get to the match, but every Newcastle fan who goes to the match is a disgrace. You're all legitimised. Fuck off, mate. Who are you? Like, it's pathetic the way these people go on. Yeah. If you don't want to go to the match and if you don't want to support Newcastle, I am fine with it. Doesn't mean you're not a fan. Doesn't mean you hate the club. Does You know, you do whatever you want to do. 
you know, as Aston Villa fans not going to the match this season helped? Have Sunderland fans not going to the match for the past ten years helped? Is did Borough fans not going to the match stop them getting ready? Do you know what I mean? Like, fine, you can debate them between yourselves or, or the pros and cons of supporting the club or what you do. But if you want to sit the social media and criticise other people who spend their money going to support their football team, you're just a massive cunt, in my opinion. Um, and I have absolutely no time for your opinion or or any respect for what you say. Um, again, if you see, there'll be loads of these this summer. Like, no one likes Newcastle being shit. It's an absolute fucking nightmare. It's a disaster. Ruins all our lives, really. Like, in, in, in this sense. It's absolutely rubbish. But to turn on your fellow fans and blame them for what's happening is just, you know, it's pathetic and you, you need to grow up, basically. It's just really thick. It's a really thick way to... Gated with a one. Yeah. A couple of years ago, it's like, right, that's it. I'm going to Gated. Number one, fine, do it. Why, why, why come on social media? Why come on Newcastle Facebook page? To tell everyone. That, that's the most embarrassing one, the Gateshead one, because yeah, they all started going to Gateshead. You've seen them posting, I'm at the Gateshead match this okay. week. Every week they had to tell everyone, they had to go on a Newcastle forum to yeah. tell all the Newcastle fans that they were better because they were at the Gateshead game. Are they going to the Gateshead game this season? Or last yeah. season? The season Fine. Gateshead Listen, came third in the. Su- support Gateshead, please. Yeah. Like, do, like, champion, you know, that's what you want to do. Do it. But it it became a moral crusade, didn't it? Yeah. To, then all of a sudden, Gateshead stopped being class. Yeah. We're just like, okay. And then everyone stopped going. Well, not everyone, but. If these people were at all go to Gateshead at all, like just do it. Don't go on social media. I tell everyone, just do it. Yeah, it if, if you go to the Gateshead game and Newcastle game, and you have a good time. Brilliant, good for you. Champion, uh, you know, yeah. Why on earth do you need it? You're obviously not enjoying it enough yeah. without then going to tell people. It's like to try it's and like you've got mates who are on a night out who spend their whole time telling their mates how good the night out it is. Yeah. Why? Why it's happening? Like, oh lads, I'm having such a good night here. Like, you, you should have come out. You would have loved this yeah. night. Like, are oh, not that I'm sure nights out and gates are that good but uh, just yeah just embrace for a whole series of I told you you all kept going to the match if you'd have just stopped going like me in 1997 then everything would have been fine like just pathetic yeah that's how I ran so yeah photograph them send them to us we'll retweet them at Pod. We'll, we'll try and get a few up ourselves across this course of the summer Sorry, I think that's about it just silence here. I well, mean, just I think this has been far more a beat than it should have been because I'm absolutely devastated. We are down. Bollins a mentalist. Uh, I'll see you on Wednesday. I will. I mean, radio show Friday. Yeah. We'll probably be able to talk in more depth then. Join us live at 7 o'clock, Radio Northumberland. Follow us on SoundCloud. Leave, leave us a review on iTunes if you're so minded. We really appreciate it. And. Uh, Thanks. We'll be here next season, whatever happens, podcasting, but uh, just just a really terrible week to support Newcastle. Thank you, Sai. Yep. See you later. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.